Yo, 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 what is up? Welcome to Riffs on Tap, episode number 53. I'm your host, Alejandro, joined as always by... Riley. And welcome back to the podcast. We have... Noel. Dude, or Noah. <laughs> Noah, like Noah Cyrus, Noah Khan. Yeah, you know, well, Noah specifically Noah Khan. From the Great Ark and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you collect all the animals, right? Yeah, exactly, two of each. Two of each. Yep. Yeah. Joakim Noah? No. I mean, <laughs> that, per 36... Per 36s were crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, how y'all doing today? How y'all been? I'm chilling. Little, little, little depresso, but not too bad. I mean, I got a little pissed off driving today. That's <laughs> just because people are fucking idiots. Cajuns. Our, if you, our if insurance you rates are so high in San Antonio because dumbasses be just like crossing over six lanes, no looking, no blinker, nothing. Well, I mean, I'm driving at work with my trailer attached, right? I can't stop on a dime. And then some dumbass just decides, I'm going to go from 65 to zero because I forgot my turn, my exits right here. But I still prefer that over anything in California, though. In California, like, I'm pretty sure I, like, if I wasn't such a god driver, my, my... Dad's car would have been totaled 10 times over. But I also think... I don't know how that works, but it works. It's a ratio <laughs> thing, right? There's more people in California. Therefore, you're going to have more of those A incidents. larger... Yeah. A per larger number. Foot? Yeah. Per square foot, you're probably going to have more retards. <laughs> so, like, if you... So, like, yeah. So... It's retards if, per capita. <laughs> if, if 5% of all drivers are Cajun and y'all have 10 million people... That's going to be a large number than the you know five million people we have here. Yeah. So y'all just have a larger amount because yeah. y'all have more per square people. foot. Yeah, that makes sense. Exactly. Yeah, All yeah. the Cajuns left. We got like, right. got, we got you're like you're far from Louisiana. Tom, yeah, you but, take your Cajun out. Of here. We have at least three people per square foot. Tom Tom Segura was right. Build that wall <laughs> around Louisiana. Right. <laughs> Stop letting them loose. You know, we, we, you know, we can keep 50 states. What we'll do is we'll add Puerto Rico and we'll drop Louisiana and we can keep it a, a square 50. No one wants to see 51 states. Yeah. But Puerto Rico deserves to be a state, you know, so let's I give agree. the people, let's give them Maybe what they we want. Maybe just like half some of these states and get to the point where we have 69 states. So we could always just like have a little giggle and so go on I with think, our lives. I think what we need to do as a country, right? We're, we're struggling. Our economy is not doing well. Sell Alaska. Who the fuck needs Alaska? Well, sell, sell it back to Russia. Sell it back to Russia or Canada, right? Who gives a shit who it goes to at this point? We'll, sell fuck, it to China. we'll fuck them over. We'll sell them without the mineral rights. So it's like, oh, all the oil there? That's still ours. We yeah. own the mineral rights, but you own the land, though. So good luck. Have fun. We should just, what's it called? Like, replace Canada. I'm not Canada. Alaska for the Mariana Trench. You know? I'd rather have those fish as it. population instead. Okay. Did, so I heard about this thing in the ocean. And I'm curious if y'all have heard about it. There's apparently, because there's, I think I looked it up recently, or I heard about it on a podcast, there's like a quadrillion, or there's a trillion fish on the earth, approximately, a trillion fish on the earth. And the Marianas Trench is super deep. We will never reach the bottom of it in our lifetime. Uh, I'm pretty sure they have recently, actually. No, we've only, we've looked it up on a a former episode, a previous episode, and they've gone down like 1.7 miles. Okay, because I've been watching this... um, on TikTok, there's the Discovery Channel TikTok, and then they always have like these ones of um people reaching like record depths right now, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. I'm, I don't, I just don't, I don't know the exact scientific depth of the Mariana Trench, so I don't know. I think it's nine miles deep, oh. um, but we don't a hundred percent know. It's comparable to Riley's pussy. 
<laughs> I have a fun fact about Alaska. <laughs> I heard it on TikTok, so it's true. All right, what you got? Uh, Alaska is so big that it is both the furthest U.S. state to the west and to the east. Yeah. That is how large Alaska is. You get that, from, you get that from that trivia TikTok yeah, guy on the streets? And it's true. It has to be because it was a trivia crack thing. Yeah. So. Dude, trivia crack. Oh, man. we I, mean, I love trivia Should we crack. just have a segment called trivia crack? We should. We, we, we should all about bring, cracks. We, we bring our favorite <laughs> trivia facts from the week <laughs> into the podcast. My favorite trivia fact from this week was I learned that the Alamo Dome was was started in 1993 when they opened we were, up their doors. We were close. We said 95. Yeah, 95 is an important year. Honestly, he should have gave us half points for everything. We got like at least a year off. We should have just been like, hey, we're not old like the rest of the people here. So like. Yeah. Hey, we weren't even alive. Let me just then. say our strategy at the last because we were absolute idiots with it though. Like we got the tied for third. That's that's a huge step with the new format. We right should now. have had second place. Honestly, that's my fault for not having confidence in myself. Dude, I'll eight mile my answers. Eight mile. That really got us right there. I I was I thinking was, all the answers were Passion of the Christ. So so to explain to the viewers at home, we had the fucking shittiest final question for our trivia. They gave us alternate movie titles. And we had to decipher what the movies were. To give an example, one of them was just February 2nd. And the movie came out in 1991. Luckily for me, I just happened to remember that that's about the time Groundhog Day is. And 91, in my mind, was about the time the movie came out. And that happened to be the answer. But the other three were kind of bullshit. Well, there was one. Well, no, there was like 42,000 something feet. So we're thinking elevation, right? Cruising planes. altitude or something. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking snakes on a plane, something like that. Yeah. And then there's the other one, like, don't forget um, uh, Prometheus. Rhea, Atlas, and Prometheus. Yeah, I'm like, I'm Which or like clearly, Clash of the clearly, No, clearly it's about 9 11. You never forget 9 11. Flight 93. Right? Or the Alamo. But no. It could have been the Alamo. Yeah, and don't never forget, you know. Always no. remember the Alamo. Yeah, exactly. And then the Kanye <laughs> B plot, I was like, that makes so much story uh, sense. Story sense. <laughs> yeah. So the answer for that one was West Side Story because it's Kanye West and B plot is like a side story. Yeah. And I was like, I get it when you explain it, but we were struggling on that one. Yeah, because we're actually. Nimrods when it comes to like when we're all together like we make some smart choices but we're also like our problem solving is not the best I would put like out of a rating of 1 through 10 we're probably out of 2 at problem solving we should um, we should find a uh, like a oh we should just go to an escape room if we can't get out of an escape room that's when we know yeah you know what this wasn't meant to be we're not problem solving I think it's because we just end up just talking shit to each other yeah the, the biggest <laughs> problem especially me Brock and Bradley we all hate each other, so we just start screaming at each other. And then they just end up having sex on the spot. And then yeah. Alejandro and I are just watching from a distance. We're like, what do we do? Yeah, we're just like, should we film it? Should we join in? And we're like, you know, what? we're just going to watch. That's the problem with being friends with someone for so long is you have nothing else to talk about. So you just argue with each other. It's funny how you say that. Uh, yeah, you're running a podcast. You're just like, yeah, we just run out of things to say. Yet every week you come into this room and just spout stuff for an hour. Yeah, that's true. It's funny how you can suddenly come up with stuff all of yeah. a sudden. Um, but uh, oh, escape room actually sounds super fun. I haven't done one it's in so a really long time. It's so expensive, though, for no damn reason. I've like, like 20 bucks a pop? You're literally paying to go in there to have a headache, <laughs> basically. I've never done an escape room. I've done oh, one you've with never my cousins one? in the Philippines. And we literally had to use all our three hints within the first 30 minutes. <laughs> we were absolutely horrible at it. 
I'm two for two of a perfect record on escape rooms, and I'd like to keep it that way. I hear L.A. has some pretty baller escape rooms, though, like huge, like factory-sized escape rooms. Good thing we're in San Antonio. I say L.A. close enough. You know, we're it's like it's like a hop skip. Mexicans both uh, both are majority Mexican, so same thing. I feel like the Mexican in California really did a lot better things with the food, though. They're ah. like carne asada. Throw that shit on everything. Yeah, honestly, Fries, the burritos. California burrito is kind of elite. So it's so good. I wish we had it here. I think you can. I think there's a place. Uh, what is it called? Cafe Bar or. Oh, Cabo Bob's. I think they have a uh, California burrito. Mm. Um, I've always wanted a burrito with French fries in it. Oh, and yeah. queso and carne asada. Queso? Queso. Quavo. I had some bad queso the other day. From where? Uh, I was at work and I went and it was nachos. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. I can't wait. You can't fuck up nachos. It was trash. It was literally the, one, the can that you buy in store. It was the Rico cheese probably. Mm. They just fucking pour that shit out. Exactly. Uh, it's sad when like queso should never be bad. Like there should be no way to to mess up liquid cheese, but somehow they did it. You'd be surprised how there a lot of places mess up liquid cheese, or not knowing which cheeses can melt and you can actually make queso out of. Yeah, like some people just be like, "How come this cheddar cheese isn't turning into queso?" And I'm like, "Because it doesn't melt. Because it doesn't have the right. It's not. It's not meant to be liquid. No, exactly, exactly. Um, but I want queso." Where can we get queso? If you had to pick the best queso in San Antonio, that's not Alamo Cafe. Alamo Cafe. I was going to say, honestly, some of the best is Alamo Cafe. Just because, like, you can't go wrong with it. It's consistent. That's why. No matter what, you will go there and you'll always get the same product, which yeah. is good. But, like... <sighs> I do. I mean, I like Tolchi's queso. That's good. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all right, yeah. But if you're talking, like, I, I don't know where the best... Yeah, I honestly, like, I might be a chef, but, like, I, like, me eating Mexican food is very rare. I don't go out of my way to get Mexican food. I love Mexican food. You're Filipino, but, duck. Yeah, I'm Filipino, but the thing is, I want to eat Asian food. So I'd rather go get uh, go get Vietnamese or Thai or Japanese. That's so fucking racist of you. Why? You piece of shit. I'm You're Asian. basically Mexican, duck. Yeah, but I'm also basically not. Why are you guys allowed to throw out these ra- racist things to each other and uh, i'm not i just have to sit i grew here. up with filipinos my whole life and i've i've I learned with that mexicans that uh filipinos and mexicans are very are very similar we both speak english and spanish and if you if you speak um how do you, you pronounce it. it you got it i it's, believe in you i know it's written but i can't remember how it's pronounced just pronounce Tagalog. it Tagalog, thank you dang riley's you got, not yeah. riley you might as well be brown honestly Look, well it's also because i've I'm here. All of the Filipinos I grew up with, that. they spoke English and Spanish. They didn't speak uh, Tagalog. Yeah. Well, I, bear, uh, I, I my Spanish is rough around the edges, but I can I'm, I'm I can very, understand it. I'm, I'm, very very good. Good. <laughs> I'm very good at Spanish. I'm I practice every day at work. I'm always like I always get myself in a sticky conversations where I'm like, oh, this will be an easy conversation, and realize I don't know any of the words in it, and it's not even Spanglish. It's just English with one Spanish word thrown in there. Be like, yo. I need you to do this. <laughs> it's like, all right, cool. Well, you know, that I tried. I tried. I know. Uh, the only Spanish I need is La Comida China. <laughs> so that's all I need. Those are all the curse words. No, uh, Chingao. That's used a lot. Yeah. No mames. No mames. Chingao. You know, or if you're around your parents, no manches. You know, keep it clean around here. No mom's way. <laughs> yeah. No mom's allowed here. This is a mom free zone here. Exactly. 
Um, okay, I want to get into some music talk from y'all. Because uh, Noah, I know you have a lot of music stuff, and you haven't been on the show in a while. Of course. So, I'm going to start with you. Okay. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Okay. What you been listening to? What, what What's so, going on? What's um, The thing I've been bringing up to you guys recently is this one group, instrumental band, uh, instrumental slightly on, more on the rock uh, side of it. But the like Wiggles? They, yeah, the Wiggles, exactly. I would love to see them live, just saying. <laughs> but um, like uh, they're called Polyphia. Mm-hmm. Very, uh, they start off as pretty hardcore rock uh, instrumental. And then as time goes on, they really have like toned down more of the rock aspect and then just brought in more sounds that are more appealing to the ear in a way that's more accessible to majority of the po- uh, population. So like their most recent, which is uh, playing God, it's uh, um, they've really u- um, utilized the uh, material of nylon strings over steel strings well, and then really gave it more of like a Samba-esque type feel to it, but it's like really like dark feeling. So it, it's just straight instrumental? Straight like, no. instrumental, but it's fantastic. Like if you heard it, it's just so pleasing to listen to. It's so accessible to majority of like the population even you uh even you with your uh what's it called with your edm mm-hmm. they have certain songs that are more edm-esque yeah and so it just sounds really nice to anybody i gotta say i like that edm-esque it sounds very much like edmine <laughs> great guy uh if you don't know who that is look him up very nice guy but yeah uh, polyphia and then like when i was in california riley has always been like sending me music one of the big uh, people I've been listening to recently is uh, Sierra Farrell. You guys have probably have talked about mm-hmm. her. I'm pretty sure you guys have. I've listened to the podcast. Love her. Uh, yes. Very good artist. Very Dolly-esque uh, type sound uh, re- uh, with a little bit of folk sound to it, too. Um, who else? Um, I've been listening to a lot of, um, I think it's Camp. Yeah. With two A's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really, really yeah. robust voice. Mm-hmm. Raspy in a way. Super good stuff. Really yeah, up my alley right. of like more not like your traditional music, more like folk indie type sound, like of like saying like Noah Khan of in a way, but like not the same vocal style. So yeah. that's what I've been into. Nothing much after that. Like maybe whenever I've been going to the gym, it's mainly I like to listen to Mad Wub Wubs when I'm, yeah. when I'm just blast it. Nobody bother me. Just just but ba 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 ba. I know hard I know. hard style shit. I know we talked about that. Did you ever look up any more little Texas stuff? I haven't just because I've been um um I haven't been to the gym in like a week and a half just because I've been doing stuff around my house and stuff like that. But like yeah. uh, whenever I go back to the gym, I definitely will start listening to more hard style just because it's it just like focuses a lot of people whenever they're working out. So yeah, might as well. Okay, yeah, you like Riley. Right, well, I got. I just wanted to say uh, the instrumental stuff. It's always very interesting to me to listen to just a straight instrumental album. I think the only one I made it all the way through was Tyler Childers put one out, and one song on it had vocals. It was the very last song. But it was a bluegrass album, <clears throat> straight instrumental. Very interesting. But mm-hmm. I always, for me, it's always been harder con- to connect with stuff like that because I always listen, like look for the lyrics, and I always. That's kind of what personally connects me with music. No, 100%. That, but when that's... you can find that style of music that you can just listen to all day without any lyrics, I think it's kind of a special thing. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like, um, for me, like nowadays, I do enjoy like the lyrical uh, aspect of music or like majority, like since high school, that's how I've been. But like growing up, I have been more on the musicality side. Like, so like listening to this is a nice refreshing view for me, even though they've been around since 2010, I've just gotten back into the instrumental stuff. Like 
um, stuff I've been listening to like for a while now, like maybe four years or so, like Snarky Puppy, stuff like uh, Polyphia, stuff like that, just because they're really just letting their instruments speak for them. Mm-hmm. And then like the crazy stories with the uh, like these type of bands, like for them to even make it where they are, like it's just like hard work of like always like trying to figure out something new that will bring people in because like when it comes to instrumentals there's always there's always only a certain amount of notes you can always play like in a certain a pattern or whatever yeah there is like it gets old there is a finite amount of eight note melodies exactly so like make. that's why they've moved from like more of the rock instrumental like hard rock instrumental to like this more dark samba-esque type sound that they have at the moment so like uh, because like when they were looking for labels back then a lot of the labels were like so where's the vocalist where's the vocalist app we need a vocalist and, um, and then they just were like we don't need one they were, there was a time where they were thinking about doing uh, getting one but uh, majority of their songs that have vocals are always gonna be features and stuff like that i just can't imagine a show with them it's like going to like a, a concert for like an orchestra yeah just like you're just there you're just listening to music no there's no singing along or anything it's just enjoying oh yeah like just i think it's just like that would be tough for me the view for me is just like it's something i could tap my foot to in a way like knowing the uh the count and all that kind of stuff like hearing like certain things besides like the main melody of the guitar like listening to actual the drums and then like the bass line and all that kind of stuff like uh grow uh like listening for those things have just what i've been raised to do not really raised to do just something i became uh, just ended up doing just because i think it's really sick to listen to like the the things that don't really get the spotlight yeah in a way i will say i haven't been listening to a lot of new stuff but also like new songs that have come out <clears throat> charlie crockett's oh i think uh, i'm a clown or something like that. uh yeah um i think so Something clown. Yeah, I'm, I'm just a clown. I'm just a clown. I'm close um, enough. He's just a clown. First of all, great song. Please go listen to it. It's a very bluesy, just... Bluesy folk-esque type yeah, thing. It's I mean, really it's, cool. It, lyrically, it's a great song as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think it was written by him and one other guy. Let me pull it up. Got to give credit. Uh, no, just him. Oh, wow. So, uh, produced by Bruce Robison. A uh, very good producer, singer. Wow. Um but it's just a fun song. I love it. Uh, I don't know. I love the direction that Charlie Crockett's taking on this album. I think mm-hmm. it uh, sounds like ever. So he said everything was recorded in one take, the full band in the studio, uh, which is very impressive. So I'm curious how the other 13 or so songs are going to turn oh, yeah. out. But honestly, yeah. like I like, I don't know if Charlie has the skill set to produce his own stuff. Like, like on the, ones and twos and stuff like that but like i really have much respect for those artists that do their own producing oh yeah uh, yeah like like going back to polyphia again i'm sounding like a fanboy right now like their uh their main guy tim henson really impressive guitarist i think on somebody's list uh like a really um They're, he's listed as one of the yeah like one of like the top three a new generation guitarists yeah him and like um herman lee yeah herman for, lee for dragon force. dragon force yeah stuff like that it's just like it's really cool to see but like he produces everything all the beats all the whatever it's just really nice to see people actually put in the effort to be more uh be more involved with their own music no, yeah, that that was one thing. Um, we uh, I got into an argument with someone, and I'm gonna I'll bring it up here because I don't think no, yeah, it came up this week. I think I brought it up to you, Riley. I was presented an opinion about a producer that I thought was so out there 
that I, I just had to like shut down. I you were was looking like, at me. Was that, did I say something? No, no, you didn't oh. say anything. <laughs> I but like, I think we talked about it Tuesday as well. We, yeah, yeah, that's when we talked about it. Someone came up to me and they said that Will I Am is like one of the best producers of all time. Um, and if you're not familiar, Will I Am is the guy from Black Eyed Peas. Yep. Um, and I just had to shut that down instantly. I was, well, and I think I think that's the opinion of someone who doesn't really know producers, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of great producers who will never really get spotlight because they're behind the scenes, right? They're yeah, technical but the thing people. Is, like the new, like the new gen music right now, producers are finally putting their names even as like the artist yeah. on the artist yeah. title like oh a big name right now benny blanco yeah he's, a, he's on like always gonna have his name up there or at least saying featuring benny blanco or something like that so one of the things i didn't learn i didn't realize about benny blanco because i wanted to do more research i was like i wanted to learn more producers in pop music uh and i knew benny blanco uh, of course jack antonoff is really important oh, yeah. with all of his work with like uh, lana del rey and taylor swift and stuff um but one I didn't realize was that Benny Blanco, he's been with like Rune 5 since like, I want to say it's Hands All Over or the album right after Overexposed. Yeah. Um, he's produced a lot of their music. Oh, yeah. And he's, he's produced a lot of other people's music, too. Yeah. But he's the reason why I feel like Rune 5 was able to make the transition because like songs about jane compared to what maroon 5 is now is so oh, different completely oh, different yeah. yeah and so benny but you have to blanco the times, yeah so. it was a great bridge to help them stay relevant mm-hmm. as pop music changed when i think the uh maroon 5 also did a great job of subtle changes throughout time right no, exactly. it wasn't just one drastic change like a like panic, taylor swift i was, I was listening like to that. i was listening to some panic at the disco yesterday or the day before uh they just had a drastic change and it, initially it worked i think in my opinion they went from i can't remember what album it was but it's death of a bachelor it was just a completely different album than anything they'd ever put out it was the first one that was just brendan yuri as panic at the disco uh and then they just went completely pop right after that and mm-hmm. it was just such two drastic changes back to back for me it didn't really work i loved I like a few songs off of pray for the wicked um but they just put out two more songs, and I just wasn't a fan. Yeah, I I could see that. Uh, we'll uh, like uh, those groups that like. There's only a select groups that could actually pull something off like that. Like I could say like people would wouldn't like just because they have a um uh, what's called a portfolio of doing this. Um, uh, good band is Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, yeah. They have like uh, like just they go from snow to like something a little bit more upbeat rock, uh, and then they come out with something like uh, Teenagers in Love mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But they're the thing is they're popular just because th- people know that they're willing to do that and they've been doing it for such a long time. I'll even say, I mean, Fall Out Boy, same thing. I mean, they've never really put out one album that's the same as the last. Yeah, always, they always change something mm-hmm. up every time. Oh. Uh, I- I've always appreciated when artists are willing to go outside of their core genre or never get a core genre assigned to them. Yeah. Because that's been a big argument just this week on EDM Twitter of there's an artist I've talked about before. His name is John Summit. He plays tech house and house. Yeah. And it was a big deal for him recently. He played a dubstep festival and he went back to back with one of the biggest dubstep producers, um, currently Subtronics. Mm-hmm. And they were like, why is a house DJ coming over to try to play dubstep and this and that, and whatever. And their whole main purpose was that trying to show that like the EDM community needs to get over genres and labels. It's music we all enjoy. And yes, exactly. there's slight differences in tempo and what you're going to expect in a song, but the community as a whole should just get behind 
EDM music as a whole yeah. and you shouldn't label it because it makes it more open for art for people to find new artists and not go well they play house music and I don't like that or they play dubstep and I don't like that just be open to trying new artists no exactly yeah I think I mean but we those had, are there's always going to be those oh sorry but there's always going to be those DJs though that have that specific sound that mm-hmm. everyone knows them for like Kaigo yeah with his uh, tropical house mm-hmm. and stuff like that but um like I would like to see that a lot more often, but like people are so like closed minded when it comes to like listening to their favorite artists and if they change it up and it's not their cup of tea, they'll just like drop it. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it when someone goes, oh, I miss the old so and so. I like, miss the old Kanye. Yeah, yeah and I hate that. Cause I'm just like <laughs> if you're truly a fan of the artist, you're gonna stick through them no matter what creative changes and differences that they develop because you are happy to support that artist. Yeah. Yeah. And so I know like Dylan Francis, he's gone through crazy changes oh, from where he 100%. started to where he is. Same with Skrillex. Skrillex is still has like those those moments where it's like, oh, this is a Skrillex song, but he has gone in crazy different directions. Same 100%. with Diplo. Diplo, you can't put a label on that fucker. No, you don't 100%. know what he'll play. The thing is, fun, the funny thing with Diplo is like, even if for how famous he is, people don't even know what he who he is sometimes. Yeah. Like, there's been so many and videos. how many songs he's touched. Yeah, exactly. There's been so many videos I've seen of like, he's like the main the main like DJ for like this big party or something like that. And he's not allowed in. He's like, dude, I'm Diplo. And yeah. he's like, I don't know who you are, but you got to get out of here. I'm like, and then they need to get like the, like the owner or something like that to be like, Hey, let that guy in or something like that. It's crazy. The genre of music that I feel doesn't get enough credit for their producers. Texas country. <laughs> yeah. So yes, I think rock music and country music, it's getting better. People are starting to recognize the importance of producers. We saw that with um, Hard Times, the Charlie Crockett album. Yeah. He tapped on the producer who's done a lot of work with the Black Keys. And we saw a very big difference in the production of that album. Oh, it yeah. felt like it was very complete and whole and a lot of time and thought was spent into it. Um, so we are starting to get producers bigger well, in country. There's another guy, Dave Cobb. Uh, I think we talked about <clears throat> I talked a lot about a little bit on the Grammy episode. He produced uh, what's I don't know Chris Stapleton's new album. I can't remember what it's called, um, but he produced that, won a Grammy uh, for whatever the fuck it was. Uh, but he's a guy that's starting to get some recognition in the country world, at least because he's produced so many great albums, and people mm-hmm. are finally realizing, oh shit, production actually kind of matters in country music. Oh, yeah. It does, and well, 100% so it does, yeah. And so for me, the one genre that I feel like the producer is so important and you literally hear them all the time, but I don't think they get the recognition in the list of other great producers is rap music. I, yeah. I, I agree. With you that. hear the production, like you hear Mustard on the Beat or, you know, Metro Boomin, you know. Trapaholic mixtape. No, exactly. <laughs> and Zaytoven and all that. You hear them all the time on songs and you don't realize, whoa, the amount of songs that these producers have touched. And it gets easy to go, oh, well, you know, it's Drake. He's always on a Drake album. Oh, he's always on a 21 Savage. And so um, you go, well, it's the artist. The artist is the one that carries them. It's not the producer. But the producer's role is so fucking important that, like, Apple Music has done this thing now, which I'm so thankful for. I wanted to listen to some DJ Mustard. And I don't want to listen to his solo stuff, which is still good. I wanted to listen to all the rappers that he's, like, 
done music with and they finally have not just like an artist essentials but like a producer essentials thing oh. playlist so you can see all the songs that they've been that they've produced and all the you can finally just go through and listen like you can go from a Ray Shremmerd song to a Big Sean song to a Kanye track to a Drake song thank you and uh, it is just like so nice to just listen to a producer's body of work and some of their biggest hits oh, 100% I agree upon that that's really sick and I think I hope that Apple Music continues that with producers in other genres like a Jack Antonoff which he's he's one of those that I just like it's so hard to like create a producer playlist for him because he's done fun. He's done bleachers. He's done Taylor Swift. He's done Lana Del Rey. It's he it would fucked be all of them. The playlist would be like fucking a hundred songs long. <laughs> it's just banger after banger. Oh yeah. Um, and then of course, if you on the flip side, if you have a uh, producer like George Martin, who it just it's just Beatles. It's just straight Beatles. That's the only artist he's really ever produced for. Oh yeah. And I've seen some songwriters do that where it's their. Uh, on Spotify, they'll have a playlist, songs written by, Chris Stapleton has that as well. I love that. Because he started out as a songwriter in Nashville. So he wrote songs for Luke Bryan, for fucking Florida, for everyone. Uh, but he, so it's all his stuff and stuff with his bands that he did and then songs that he wrote for other people. See, uh, I love those kind of stories. Like, I'm pretty sure one, like a big name out there that started off as like a songwriter and then made their way up was Megan Trainer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, she wrote for a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Same right. with uh, Ryan, Ryan Tedder. Tedder as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, very, very talented. Wrote fucking Halo. Yeah, <laughs> which is crazy to think, just because that's that's a huge that's a huge record right there. Just I think he also wrote Perfect for it. He's written a lot of stuff with Ed Sheeran. Yeah, which is cool. It is crazy just how talented some of these people are that they are able to write for such a variety of artists yeah. that you can you can argue it's pop music and it's like oh pop music's all the same but no 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 it's like it's hard to write a song specifically tailored to someone's voice and like their message and their branding yeah. and these artists are able to just switch and flip and flop when i uh so ed sheeran i think one of my favorite stories about a song that he wrote so uh love yourself by justin bieber he had originally written it it was called uh, Fuck Yourself, and it was for <laughs> Rihanna. He wanted, yeah. he wanted oh, to write yeah, a song yeah, yeah. so bad for Rihanna, pitched it to her people or whatever. They didn't want to do it. So uh, Justin Bieber at the time was in the process of just completely changing his image, right? He wanted to be grown up or whatever. So Ed Sheeran approached him. He was like, oh, I got this song. If you want to sing it, uh, change it to Love Yourself instead of Fuck Yourself. Uh, Basically and, means the same thing. Yeah. 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 In the yeah. song's context, it's the same thing. Um, no, yeah, I love, yeah, stories like that are always, like, really cool, and, but yeah, the Megan Trainer story is really fun, just, mm-hmm. like, seeing, it's the same thing, too, as I've learned, it's for comedy writers as well. A lot of these comedy writers that are starting to blow up and they're big now, you look back at, like, their body of work and go, oh, they wrote for SNL, and they yeah. wrote for The Tonight Show, and they wrote for this and this and this, and now they're finally getting that recognition of they get their own show or they get their chance to finally oh, yeah. like shine. I'm pretty sure Lady Gaga was the same story too. I think she wrote music before she became Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure on that. Fact check that, whoever's listening. But I think she's one of those stories too, which is sick. Love that. And that's it goes back to the whole thing that I, I believe you've mentioned like quite a while back about it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These people didn't, ju- they may seem like they just showed up on your radar and there's a bunch of songs on the radio, 
but they have been like perfecting their craft and working under other people for years before they finally got a chance to get honestly, their opportunity. And honestly, one artist right now who's on the path right now, just because like how much this one song has blown up is Noah Khan. Just yeah. because um, he got people like Zach Bryan to cover his song, mm-hmm. which really did help his song. Like even though it's on Spotify, um, be in the top 50 song uh, songs played on Spotify at the moment. Yep. When he even, uh, so there's a country radio show, very popular called the Bobby Bones show. Yep. Fantastic. Uh, but he had just, uh, he put a list of top three songs that he's listening to right now. And number one was stick season by Noah. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. Bobby Bones. Uh, have I ever talked about, um, my history of Bobby Bones and like, so Bobby Bones, when I was growing up in high school, he was like the Kiss FM, the pop radio oh, yeah. station yeah. DJ. And he had his morning show every day, and it was great, and it was fantastic. And I was heartbroken midway through high school. He announced he was moving to another radio station, and it was a country radio station. And mm-hmm. I was like, country radio? He's never talked about country music. I never knew he had a fascination or an interest in it. Yeah. And then he went national on country, and I was like, whoa, he's on a national country radio station. Like, fucking, like, this guy's taken off. And ever since then, he blew up. He had his band, The Raging Idiots and everything. And I always remember him being the local fun DJ in Austin, being like, yeah. this guy's going to go somewhere one day. Oh, yeah. And now he's a massive, massive Do you know who I'm guy. waiting for, like, wanting to know a story about um, when it comes to radio hosts that uh, with, like, music and stuff like that? Howard Stern. <laughs> Love him. I'm waiting for him to blow up, too. <laughs> I, I think you just need to work and get his name out there. He's I almost think, there. I think for me, it's, um, uh, I don't know if you guys ever heard this radio. It's, like, super late nights, like, Delilah, and it's just Delilah. And then she like just like she like is like a therapist. And then she plays a song for like the moment <laughs> for those uh, for the people who make the call in there. Yeah, yeah I think it's uh, like I always remember uh, hearing that like late at night driving in like uh, like uh, sitting in my mom's car or my dad's car and just hearing that little jingle come out. I don't know if she was like specifically to my city, but it that one little like jingle just always blows up in my mind whenever I just hear it like uh, start talking about like radio show hosts or something like that there was uh did you guys ever have uh in in Austin it was Bob FM did you guys have Bob FM or another radio station that literally just plays like hits like they just play songs that were popular on the radio or currently popular on the radio and just mix FM uh, it was I don't no, because mix them is like the like current like, stuff. Yeah. Or okay. Or like, like ninety eight point one or something like that. No, ninety eight point one is isn't that? Because um, here in San Antonio, ninety six point one. San Antonio. <laughs> it's like dude, I haven't heard that in so long. <laughs> dude, oh I gosh. haven't turned on the FM radio in like absolutely Same. forever. Because no. like in my car, it starts off with the satellite radio. Yeah. So it goes from there to my phone. Yeah. So I've never once had to like. I mean, touch. mine starts off because I don't have XM anymore. I, I don't need it. Yeah. And don't listen to the radio. No, exactly. It'll start off usually on 98.5. Okay. And then, Which is the hip hop station, right? Yeah. Okay. Just so, like, if I'm at work or something, it's not starting off on some dumb shit. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. But, yeah, no, Bob FM was one of those stations where I knew, like, I learned a lot of cool music from that station because mm-hmm. it was a lot of oldies and stuff and some newer, like, early 2000s stuff. But it was always just positive, fun music. And the whole point of the radio station was. We just want to make music to help you get through your day. Yeah. And it was fantastic because you always knew you can turn on that station and you were going to hear a good song. I love when I was uh, when I was here three months ago and then I was in the airport uh, uh, leaving San Antonio. Not it was in San Antonio. It was when I landed in Phoenix 
um, they were playing radio on the overhead, and then they just like out of nowhere just started blasting um, "Death Cab for Cutie." Oh uh, my god! And I'm just like, why? Do they want, yeah. Do they want me to cry right now? Because I will. <laughs> I just have a sob story. Freaking uh, eyeliner dripping everywhere because I wear eyeliner. Oh yeah, we, we'll post a dark. picture of Noah one day in his full like get up and everything, and like yeah. you'll see like yeah, that guy doesn't match his voice. Like it, just, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't work. I don't even know what my voice sounds like. Honestly, I do, and I hate it. Because when I hear my voice, I'm just like, oh, that's a surfer. I think I perfectly match my voice, right? You hear my yes. voice, and you're like, that guy's an idiot. And then you see me, all cross-eyed and shit. Like, yeah, I knew Honestly, it. if you saw us all right now, you could be like, damn, these guys are ragged. Oh, dude, me, I'm I'm very raggedy. I have, I have a lot to get all my stuff together for tomorrow. Riley's cross-eyed, has a limp. I'm over here. Left side of my face drooping. All our I haven't showered here. in a week. Yeah, like a couple flies are flying around his head right what now. The fuck is a shower? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But um, going back to me. Oh, music. I haven't I haven't talked about any of the stuff I've listened to, which is it's boring stuff for the most. It's a lot of EDM stuff, but I've gotten really into tech house. Okay. Um, which is it's just a mix of house music and techno. So. Uh, I've showed Riley some songs. I put some songs on the playlist. Uh, yes. That Escape song, the John Summer remix. Oh, that was a good. That's a good song. Great. Just the like, Great Escape by Boys Like Girls. Show oh. me the way. <laughs> but so one place that I go to when I want to find new artists is I always anytime I see a festival lineup get announced on Twitter, EDM or not, I always look through the lineup. Not only just the headline, but I like to look at the smaller band like. Who? Why did Coachella bring X artists here? Oh yeah, that's how we look at ACL too. So yeah, like, and then we end up finding somebody that we actually like, and so, it's just a good time. So I saw a lineup pop up for EDC Orlando, a big um, EDM festival in Orlando, and instantly it was the second name on the fucking lineup. I had to. I didn't even look at the rest of the lineup. It made me stop. Um. I've never seen an artist with this name before, and I, I'm impressed because his SEO is fantastic. Creamy panties. Oh, uh, no. Oh. It, letters are not even involved in the name. Oh, it's uh, it's like, uh, what's his, um, um, Elon Musk's son's name or something like that? That got Z- letters Z- in it. Xavier, Xander, whatever the uh, fuck, however you pronounce it. Shy XB, Star Galactica, whatever his name is. Apparently he has another kid now with another person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. now it's it, was a, it was a secret okay. kid. Secret kid, yeah. Pay him off. Um, <laughs> but this artist, his name was nine 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 nine. You know, what I just realized now because <laughs> he brought up Star Wars and we brought up secret kids. <laughs> Leia is also Darth Vader's daughter. Yes, right? correct. Yes, correct. I did. I never. That never clicked. <laughs> in my you mind. were just like Luke is the son. Yeah, Leia. She's just another that, character. There's never that moment with Leia and Darth, Darth Vader. <laughs> but you could put together that he. They, uh, what's it called? Oh, uh, Luke and stepbrother. <laughs> well, could have been that. I right? guess. But, well, like, I but guess. that was because ne- it was never really mentioned that. Yeah, she's also Darth Vader's. You know who you're sounding. Like? So, Do you know who you're sounding like right now? Uh, there's this interview with. Um, uh, it was for the Hunger Games, so it had Liam Hemsworth and Woody Harrelson. And then they, uh, the interviewer was like, oh, so uh, you uh, talking about him and his brother. He's like, yeah, both your brothers, really big stars. And uh, Woody Harrelson's on the side, like, acting all confused, like, his brother's a big star? He's like, yeah, he's like, yeah his brother's a big muscular man and uh, one of the most popular. He's like, he's like, yeah, Thor, he's really, he's really making his way. And then Woody Harrelson's like, oh, my gosh. 
your brother is Chris Hemsworth? He's like, <laughs> and then Liam Hemsworth's like, he's like, you just found that out now? He's like, yeah, it just makes sense now. But you it, guys it, look each, like each other. It's never mentioned in the movie. So, okay, so here's where I think the confusion lies at. So obviously, Anakin, Anakin knew that Padme was pregnant, clearly. Yeah. And she, he thought he killed Padme. So in his mind, when he becomes Darth Vader... Palpatine tells him, you killed Padme, and the kids died too. So he is thinking, okay, there's no kids, whatever, that's just done. And he carries on with his life. Now that we have the Obi-Wan series, which I have not finished yet, we now can see Darth Vader has been keeping tabs. So he's aware of Luke. Spoiler alert. But... I don't think they ever super make it clear before but, the Obi Wan series that there was twins. He just knows that she's pregnant. Yes, but that like literally, if you watch the movies, the context clues are there, like to make that but connection. The audience, okay, but remember, for the audience, we can make those connections. But you have to remember the information that the not characters Riley. are presented. <laughs> well, I just fucking did, so fuck you. But like, I do not think in the story Anakin is ever presented with the information. Hey. Not only did Padme live, but she had twins. Yeah. So he may have been keeping tabs on Luke. I also never knew they were twins. Yeah, but to know this fact and to connect the clues, you at least need an IQ of 18 to make that. (laughs) Fuck, mine's 17. (laughs) That's your problem, then. Um, That's, like, way below the case. But I'm just, because, like, there's two iconic moments, right? Fucking Luke fucks his sister. And then Darth Vader's like, yo, I'm your father. (laughs) <laughs> right those are yeah. two very iconic things but like i just never connected the two because i was like oh that's weird luke fucked his sister and i guess he's from fucking alabama <laughs> honestly right? if luke was also like if he had an iq above 18 he would have also f- known his german prob uh, pretty well and known like oh shit this guy's name actually means <laughs> we're in space in a land in a galaxy far far away i don't think yeah. they had german back dude, then dude you would be surprised dude, they're, so, they're, it's weird that we all speak english in yeah, that in yeah. that fucking uh, universe <laughs> honestly yeah you're right it's so crazy. and we have british accents it's crazy whenever they make anime and then like they're in Br- uh, in britain and then they're just like all speaking japanese there and, like that's come on. completely normal okay why do some characters have british accents and some don't in Japanese? No, in, <laughs> in Star Wars. Like, you know, Mace well, Windu's just so talking. What, what people don't realize, so... Well, so that's so what I'm, I'm saying. They should know German. What I'm, what I'm saying, <laughs> so England is the Cajuns of Europe, right? <laughs> Fucking, no, Wales. Wales is. I would just say... Everyone that. hates the Welsh. All right, so the UK is the... Is the minus Ireland is the fucking uh, Cajuns of Europe. I would argue think the we Italians. Italians are smart as shit. They came up with wine, pasta. Yeah, what have they done since then? I look at the what, bankrupt their government. What has Greece done since then? I also bankrupt the their government. Salad. I like they won say, the 2004 World ta- Cup though. Tatooine, in, Tatooine, un- right, is basically the Europe of fucking uh, of space, I guess. Right, so that's where all <laughs> the dumbasses come from. So that's all where you space. get your British accents. So what's Tatooine. that? Uh, what's the frozen planet called? Uh, Hoth. Hoth. So that's Pretty Russia. Sure. Uh, probably, <laughs> but like nothing's inhabited on Hoth. Why is there well, an imperial Russia. base yeah. at Hoth? I like I get the rebel base being there makes sense because they want to be undetected and hidden, but I just don't understand why the Empire went to Hoth to begin with. That they were like, see this abandoned Pluto esque planet, we should go check it out. Honestly, why? And they was like, I don't know. Might as well just check it out. Check it out. Hmm. Doesn't make any sense. There are a lot of plot holes in Star Wars, but luckily they're not doing. Um, 
they're not going back and editing the movies. I just learned about how Stranger Things, apparently, I guess the it's connected the Duff, to Star Wars. It's the Duffner brothers who make uh, Stranger Things. I yes. can't remember their name of the the two directors. Yeah, um, that they have been going back and editing some of the previous episodes to fix plot holes that fans have found. Oh yeah, which I think is kind of fucked up to edit a show after it's already been out to have a patch for a TV show. Yeah, with them, I'm supposed to go back and watch every fucking episode again. Yes. Yeah, because then it's like it's weird. It's weird, like how they can edit lines and just like First cut all, out. But scenes. also like. Fuck the people that just go on right on Twitter. Like, there's a plot hole. Is Apparently, this the city uh, that they uh, live in in Stranger Things is actually based off a of, like true story and stuff like that. So, like in New York, so the uh, upside down is real. Yeah, I, I, I fucking knew it. <laughs> no, but like in I New know York, about there's a show. small town in like uh, New York State that um that it's based off of where like there was like um, government oh, experiments happening. The and that's Montauk what it's, Project. Yeah, and that's what it's based off of. Yeah, so the story. So apparently, the person who did the research on the Montauk Project wrote a book about their theories and all this about about it, and all the government uh, conspiracies. The book is called Stranger Stuff. <laughs> no, 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 but they the Duffner <laughs> brothers or I can't fucking remember who the directors are. They literally just like weird, took that weird stuff, took that story, <laughs> and went, "That's ours now." And so there's so many similarities in the first season between yeah. Stranger Things and the Montauk Project. But I just enjoy Stranger Things for the fact that it has a lot of inspirations because um, mm-hmm. Stephen King is a huge. No, wait, Stephen King. Yeah, well, yeah he's yeah. the horror author. Yeah, he's the what's it called. They they have huge. Um, there's huge inspiration from Stephen King in Stranger Things. Yeah, which is really cool. And I'm just talking. Uh, I'm just talking as a guy who's only seen season one, so I don't have a lot of like. But like from what I've seen, it's I've, great. I've seen zero episodes. I am almost fully caught up. It's a very good show. I no, I agree. The and Neverending so, Story song. So I do want to get into to a specific show. I, I brought it up to Noah earlier. Ted Lasso, Pokemon. Uh, no, because he didn't watch Ted Lasso yet. Um, sadly, like he's the missing boys. out on the greatest show on TV. Or my hero, The Boys. Oh, okay. I, last night, me and Adrian were hanging out, and instead of watching My Hero like we normally do, we decided to watch a new show, and we were between Westworld and The Boys, and uh, he pushed me to The Boys because he was like, he said Westworld's good, but only the first season. It's not The Boys. So uh, we watched the first episode of The Boys, and man, that show's lit. I really appreciate it. It is a fantastic Literally, season one, literally in the first five, ten minutes, you get get to see somebody absolutely schmurdered. Well, it's, just, it's crazy to because usually those super, superhero stuff it's tailored towards a younger audience, the general uh, public. This is definitely not. This well, is very. It's a very gruesome show. Oh yeah. Uh, there's a lot of fucked up shit that happens in it. And I fucking yeah. love it. It's because like they're not putting superheroes on a pedestal. Yeah. Well, they do they in that do, show, but the thing is, what's it called? Like they show like the corruption, the nitty gritty, yeah, the, yeah, all yeah. the behind the scenes. Exactly. And it, you know, like I was also telling him, it's very similar in a way to the show called, um, invincible. It's also on Amazon. It's an animated show about superheroes, but it's gruesome. Like yeah. it's pretty intense and it's really good. So my comparison that I made when I was started watching the show last night and I made it to Noah is that, uh, I know you haven't seen my hero academia. It's an anime about these, uh, in a world where, um, Everyone is born with a quirk. Oh, well, when they reach the age of five, they are they develop a quirk that is um, usually a combination of what their parents. Is that why white girl starts? I'm quirky. Yeah, basically. Yeah, and so uh, some people there are some people who aren't born with quirks. It's like a large portion of the planet has some type of ability. Like I know the main character's mom. Can it's like ninety percent of the small world. objects. Yeah, not enough to be like. 
full blown a plus, of power. Like, yeah. Be a, su- a superhero. So most people who have shitty quirk can just be not regular human heroes, beings. Be regular human beings. And they may have like an interesting quirk about them. Some of them have powers that are so strong they become superheroes. And their goal is to become a pro hero. A pro hero, you work for an agency, you make money, you, you know, have marketing and branding and everything. And it doesn't, the show doesn't deal with pro heroes for the most part. It's about these group of kids becoming pro heroes. But the boys is so eerily like the live action version of what do pro heroes do when they have to film commercials and be celebrities and all the stuff that goes on behind the, the corruption and the politics of buying and selling heroes. We can't just throw all the heroes in one city. There's crime all over the world. So someone's got to go to the fucking town no one wants to go to. Like in the first episode, they talk about Nubian Prince going to Detroit or whatever. Yeah. And so there's a lot that goes into it. And I think that's what draws me into the world building of the boys. I think it's awesome. The fight scenes are fantastic and it's super gruesome. Like this is obviously we'll just talk about the, the first scene with A-Train. Like, cause it's not a spoiler happened in the first five minutes. Uh, yeah, A-Train is a superhero with lightning fast speed. He wasn't paying attention where he was going and he fucking runs into a girl and fucking decimates her. Like, yeah. absolutely just atomizes her. Turns about, her. This poor guy about to kiss his fiance, then dead. <laughs> yeah, he's holding onto her arms. That's all that's left of her because the rest of her is turned into blood. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, wait, how, you only watched the first episode? Only the first okay, episode. Never mind, then I was going to say something, but never mind. <laughs> and then when they, you know, yeah, like, the fight scenes are impressive, and, like, I don't know, it's so raunchy and crazy. Like, they got that one hero, Translucent. He just hangs out in the women's bathroom invisible all the time. That guy's a fucking creep. If I'm going to be honest, Translucent, like... For He's like, not translucent. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's but invisible. Like, yeah, he, but the thing is, like, with the way he is, it's, like, crazy, like, how they add on to, like, certain people's powers and that show, and it's just cool. Like, it is, I'm pretty sure Seth Rogen is a writer and producer on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, just crazy. I, I would never see Seth Rogen doing a show like this. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's more high humor. Yeah. Uh, kind of cool to see him do this, I guess. Oh, yeah. Well, for him, he's probably just able to just have the free reign to be like, oh, we should have a hero that has this power. So then we yeah. can set up this show, can do this and that and whatever, and make a whole thing about it. Like, um, honestly, when he's high all the time, he probably gets these visions of, like, oh, shit, this, this will work. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, as you progress through the series, you'll you'll see some fucked up shit, and you're like, that probably came from Seth Rogen. Yeah. Like, I was listening to a podcast. It, it was a combination of y'all's recommendation and a podcast I was listening to where they talked about just how gruesome it is and how, like, they'll show someone getting fucking, like, sliced in half. And it's not just, like, a wide shot of them being sliced. It's, like, zoomed in. Yeah. You see, like, all everything. Yeah. I just, like, I really want to talk about this one scene, but you haven't watched enough, so I can't. I know, I, I know people have talked about a scene, the hero-gasm or whatever. No, no, no I'm talking about. Oh, that's a great scene. Yeah, it's yeah. a great scene, but I'm talking about, like, this is season, uh, like, a pretty season early three? in season one. Oh, season one. Yeah, okay. of, like, cert- like, this one thing that they do and just, like, pretty gruesome the way they like threaten somebody and stuff like that yeah well i i want to continue the show i think it's super fantastic and, I, and uh once i'm finished with uh ted lasso and me and my girlfriend finish that we're probably gonna go to the boys now yes sir so we can uh, talk about it exactly i would love to bring more shows i'm i'm trying to get better about watching shows i um, will i will get to westworld it. eventually i'm one of the worst people to ask to do something when it comes to like watching shows listening to certain music because, like, I remember, like, Riley, he's always <clears throat> always said, hey, you should watch Ted Lasso. I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so that, like, year, I'm, a year later, still haven't watched it. I'm literally did going to London. the same thing London. with Noah Khan. I kept telling him, I was like, what listen you to this fucking fuck guy. Up. And then I finally had to play no, it for him. And he's like, oh, this guy's fucking good. No, you good. did not. 
That's not how it happened at all. His name is Noah. He supports all other Noahs. That's just how it works. I do want to get into some more music. Uh, Circle back to music, I guess. Let's circle back. Uh, So bring it around town. So we had this discussion. A certain song by a certain group came up, and I said it was uh, they're a very overrated group. So the song was... uh, what the fuck is it called? Uh, Rock and Roll All Night by Kiss, right? Very popular song, very popular group. I think they're very overrated. I don't think they have the body of work to be considered one of the all-time great rock bands. So, but the thing is, the problem what you, what I said, I like brought up a thing like I was like, are they a top fifty rock band? And you're like, I don't even think they are. I'm like, I think they are at least top fifty. They might be. No, you guys mentioned something earlier today about y'all how y'all enjoy music. That I think is going to really tie well into this argument. You talked about Noah that you like musicality. That's one of the things you typically listen to on music. Yes. Whereas Riley, you had mentioned you like lyrics. If you take a song like that, rock and rock and roll all night, or fucking I can't even remember the name of the song. Um, lyrically, that song trash. Like it's it's so generic. There's nothing going for it. Even. For the time, there was nothing impressive about it. But musicality-wise, I think it's upbeat and fun and happy, and it's a great song exactly. to get pro- things going. It's provocative. Gets exactly. people going. Exactly. <laughs> so that's one thing that y'all are going to disagree on, is that yeah. I think a lot of these bands from back in the day, lyrically, you know, these, these radio bands, there's not a lot of stuff. But even because like, I can appreciate Metallica. I think they're great. They weren't great lyrically, but they were just a fun band to listen to. Mm-hmm. Same with, like, I mean, I think Guns N' Roses is one of the greatest of all time. Uh, I don't think a lot of that. Welcome to the Jungle is not a very thought-provoking song. It is not. But it's still very fun to listen Dude, to. Dude, Welcome skip to it. the Jungle. We have fun in games. <laughs> but, but that is so. Because so I was reading a list on fucking Facebook. Because when I'm bored at work that's and a I legit run out source. of when I run out of work and I get a, get fucking bored, I go on Facebook. Uh, but it was there was this person put a list of the most overrated rock bands of all time two bands that they had on or one band specifically that they had on there that I very emphatically disagreed with. They put Led Zeppelin as one of the most, yeah, but that's like, no. top five most overrated rock. At the end of, of all the time. day, it's all opinionated. It, it is. is. And that's why I say <clears throat> if and this is what we brought up the other day, if the band was a commercial success and they sold records and they sold out shows, <clears throat> I feel like there is some weight to look at them no, 100%. a little deeper Led Zeppelin is one of the most commercially successful bands of all time, but I also argue their music is some of the most innovative for the time and that other bands have copied their style, taken influence from them, that they are not only popular, but also influential, which makes them one of the best of all time. Yeah, but that's just like any band within their genre. There's always going to be those influential, like, so like within the grunge era, like Nirvana, Mm -hmm. Pearl Jam. Maybe Creed, if you want to put them in there. Yeah. So, but um, they, <laughs> but they were, they were popular at the time as well as they continue to stay popular. Yeah. And they were influential. But grunge was honestly very them. innovative for rock. Yes, like, it was. bringing the grunge era, like uh, the grunge uh, sound to yeah. to the stage is huge. Yeah. So they were massively influential and they were extremely popular. Yeah. So which means that's a band you want to look deeper in, like. For the time, we can definitely agree they were massive for the time. But historically, we can even look back and go, you know what? Their music is still being played today and enjoyed. So 
they they are a top band. Yeah. I feel they they should get it. Kiss, one of those specifically, I think they were extremely popular for the time, but I don't think they aged well. No. I think when we, if you asked, you know, if you sampled a thousand music fans and you asked them, what is your opinion on Kiss? They probably go, yeah, they're pretty good, I guess. And that's you're going to probably be your general consensus. So I, no I, one's going to be up. But they also put on a show. That's what they like, did. Yeah, they, they had they, a very they specific look to them. Uh, that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like they just what's it called? Um, they went off of that, even though like maybe their music didn't really show uh, like really emphasize their look too much. But like they were still <clears throat> what's it called? Yeah, the popularity of them is still like you can't deny that they're still touring to this day. Yeah. And so they are very performative, and I agree with that. Dean Simmons is still licking puss with that fucking long ass tongue. <laughs> so, are there any? I guess on the on the other side of the spectrum, are there any bands you feel don't get the love that they deserve? Genesis. Uh, I'm I gonna put U2 in there. Yeah. I feel like they don't get enough no, credit. No, U2. That's a that's a good fuck. one. Yeah. First of all, fuck U2. Okay. Do you know what they got a lot? Do you know why they got a lot of hate recently too? Because just of the, the fucking whole songs of innocence. Yeah. And then, and Which is a fantastic it, album, by the way. To everybody on Apple. All the Android people still don't know what that is, what that album is. What the fuck are you talking about? Exactly. Yeah, at the um, time, I was an Apple person. So I, I feel like they are underrated because they get I don't know, they get thrown in the trash so quickly. People hear the name U two and they go, oh, Bono, oh fuck that guy. Yeah. And but if you look back at their body of work, they have two albums that are absolute trash garbage that I will admit are hundred percent hot garbage like i don't even think they completed the tours on them joshua tree (laughs) (laughs) uh it's pop and zuropa baby uh those are in the early 90s for them and it was just they were trying to adapt to the times and they just missed the mark completely but if you look at all the other albums from start to finish if you and i kind of done this before if you remove pop and zuropa they have like a seven album stretch of just massive bangers those two break the five album strain, uh, train for them, which have you guys heard about that? The five album test. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah. We've talked about it. Yeah. And so like you take those out, they, they meet the five album criteria, yeah. but because of the album thing with the Apple music thing, they get thrown in the bus and I didn't realize they started off as a Christian rock band. Dude, apparently everybody's hard as a Christian rock band, <laughs> you know? And so I, you know, I, I hate Christian rock, um, but you don't hear it in their music. It doesn't feel forced down your throat. So I'm like, you know what? You get a pass. You you snuck it in there somehow. Yeah. But okay. Yeah, they get thrown in the trash very easily. So too. should we play like a little game just to end this off of over under? Just like just we'll just, just, bust, we'll, just we'll take turns rapid fire. I want, well, before we do that, I just real quickly, I just want to say CCR. They're very popular, yes, but they don't get enough love, credit for doing all. All of their success came in four years. Very hard to do. Very hard amount of bangers. And you can say the out. same thing about um, the Beatles. Uh, no, I was gonna say, uh, what's it called? Uh, Weezer. All their success was in one year. <laughs> also, Boston does not get enough credit for how great they were. Oh, they're I mean, fantastic. Boston was fucking amazing. They're one of my top five rock bands of all time, but a lot of people don't even know who they are. Uh, but yes, now we can go to the very quick over under. Okay. If you want. So to. who wants to start? And then uh, we'll give our. Okay, so we'll do. We we don't have to do explanations. Yeah, yeah. Because we'll just get into an argument about it or something. Why don't you pull up a list of of bands and then we'll. We'll do top 50 bands of all time. So I'll pull up a list and then we will go through. I don't know why we're rushing through this. If we go over, we go over. I know, yeah, we go. (laughs) We we literally create our own schedule. Fuck you guys who want to listen to 
don't want to listen to an hour long or more. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to go ahead. We're going to uh, I don't know if I trust Parade. Oh, we'll go to Rolling Stones. 100 greatest artists. We'll we'll do artists so it's not just bands. Uh and I'm going to skip all the way down to the last you 20 can do it or at the so. Top. Yeah, top 20 here. Uh, oh, at the top, if you go to 20. At the, oh, hey, cool. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Click. Um, all right. Oh, wait, where are we at? 50. I was trying First to First of all, the 20. band's very underrated. Uh, uh, we got Bo Diddley. Underrated. Underrated. Uh, underrated as well. I agree. The Velvet Underground. Overrated. 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 100%. I, I have 100% yeah. agree. People, people think about them as like the greatest, most influential band of all time. I had one person. I'm not going to mention his name. I'll tell you off. Uh, off You'll air. tell me off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it, it wasn't any of us. I'll, I'll tell you yeah. who it was after. But they said Velvet Underground is better than Queen. I told him to hey, go shut fuck, the fuck himself. Up. Yeah, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Marvin Gaye. Uh, he's properly he's, rated. He's, he's, he's yeah. properly rated. Properly, properly rated. rated. <laughs> Muddy Waters. Underrated. Underrated. Underrated as well. Sam Cooke. Under, underrated. I, he I would is, say he's I, 100% underrated. He's one of the greatest vocalists of all time. Very underrated for me. Oh, see, I feel I, I have a fondness about him. and I, I felt other people had a fondness about him. But I think he's perfectly rated. Okay. I think not anybody, um, what's it called? Um, what's it called? Born after Riley and I's uh, age? They have no idea. They have no yeah. idea. I okay. think maybe if you play one of his hits, they might know it. But uh, okay. underrated that's, for me. That's understandable. Okay. Stevie Wonder. Dude, that's I think he's proper, properly rated. Properly proper. rated. Yeah. He's a legend. Led Zeppelin. <laughs> On this list, proper, properly rated. Yeah. Anyone who says he's over, they're overrated, uh, go fuck yourself. You can't write Stairway to Heaven and be fucking overrated. Uh, Buddy Holly. Underrated. I go back and forth. I'm not a huge I Buddy might, Holly fan. I might say overrated. I think what he did for music was great, but I just think... I'm not a huge fan of his music itself. I love Buddy Holly's music, so um, I'm on the overrated side. He's got, he's got side. some bangers, but yeah. um, the Beach Boys, I think, are underrated. Under, uh, under, under, they're fantastic. Sure. Mr. Uh, Kevin Love, your uncle's on there. If you can't, you can't listen to Good Vibrations and not have a good time. Uh, Bob Marley, properly rated. underrated, properly rated. I think proper, proper. Okay, yeah. I think enough people listen to him and love him. Yeah. Uh, Ray Charles, uh, properly, properly rated. rated. I would. Yeah. I might argue underrated. No, from this list being number oh, 10, ten from this list of greatest yes. artists of all time. But I'm just saying it, properly rated. I'm just saying in the general public of things, I think he might be underrated. Motherfucker okay. was blind. Should we, wait, should we go off the list rating, or should we say like our own, like the public opinion? I think list rating. Okay. okay. If Rolling Pro- Stones put the number one artist as like Proper not then. the Beatles, then it'd be like, all right, well, I think underrated then because they should have been one. Aretha Franklin Proper. for nine, I think properly rated. Yeah, I would say underrated. I don't think she's. Top I don't know. Five. Yeah, I don't know if I put her top five. But she's not. But top she's top five. ten. No, she's I'm top that's ten. That's what I'm sure. saying. Like I don't know if I. Yeah, top but five. I would say I she's know. not nine. I would say she's probably around I don't know, six. Like six. I don't. Yeah. I don't she's know. She's so who's, influential. I don't know who's no, ahead of her, but I right now I would say properly rated. If someone comes up that's like, "What the fuck are you doing there?" Then yeah, sure, underrated. Yeah. Okay. It's fine. All right. I ag- I can agree with little Richard. Um, he's the Motown dude, right? Yeah, yeah. I would say overrated. I would say overrated. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Uh, James Brown, proper. I would say pretty proper. It's tough, man. I like James Brown a lot, but seven. I think overrated. I think think he's at least top fifteen. I think he's top twenty for sure. I I would consider him top ten. 
Because you're also, you all, again, you have to put in the influence aspect of it. He influenced a lot of great music. No, you do have a point there. Uh, Jimi Hendrix. Uh, properly I would rated. A properly rated at number six. Yeah, if this was a list of guitarists, number one. But. Yeah, he's top three. Top yeah. two. I'm a Carlos Santana Also, fan. but I, I will say for him as well, I think a little underrated. Again, he's part of the 27 Club. He didn't have his... He was just hitting his stride. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, sure. Chuck probably. Berry? Number five, Chuck Berry. Overrated. Proper. I love Chuck Berry. I think he's probably Proper. rated because of influence. Yeah. I don't uh, think what he's... What he did for... He's top ten, influence, not top five. Plus, he was a great guitarist. He's top ten, Proper. not top five for me. Um, the Rolling Stones at four, I think overrated. Proper. I think overrated, too. I think Proper. they're top I think ten, they're but good. not top five. Yeah. So... Uh, let's see. Number three, Elvis Presley. <laughs> that is biased. That is biased. Tell under he's number one. <laughs> but again, influence. He is probably the most influential artist of all time. He completely changed the rock and roll genre. He's probably. I don't know ready. if you guys have heard of Fats Domino. Fats Domino was considered the king of rock and roll before Elvis Presley came in. Yeah. And if you listen to Fats Domino, it is very different. Yeah. I th- he's probably the most influential artist and one of the most influential people in period in the world. Period. Underrated. I'm gonna, I'm gonna he's nitpick, number one. I'm going to nitpick it. I'm going to say he's overrated, but just barely. He's top five, but I think he could move back to I think he's properly spot. rated. Who would you put ahead of him? Ahead of him? Yeah. Hmm. If you're going to move him back, are you moving the stones up? You said they're over, so. Yeah, I think uh, both the Stones and I think Chuck's right there, but the Stones are overrated. We'll have to see at three and two or yeah. two and one. The Beatles um, are number one. We know that. I feel that Bob Dylan mm. is number two. Overrated. I He's think great. Overrated, overrated. He can move back a little bit. As yeah. well. I say overrated because I, I put Elvis ahead of him. <laughs> Bob Dylan is the greatest songwriter of all time. In yes, my opinion. he is. Uh, he's a really good songwriter, but I think he's overrated. I believe he should belong around probably the five area. I think I think six or seven. I think he has to be top five. So the number one, if it's not the Beatles, I don't know who it would be. Yeah, <laughs> Beatles. I, I, man, you know, commercially successful. They're so popular, bangers for days. They're definitely number two, right behind Elvis. <laughs> There's so much what if. On if the band would have stayed together longer. Yeah. Um, if someone didn't invent cocaine and heroin, who would have knows what the Beatles would have If done? someone didn't marry that bitch Yoko. Yeah. Yoko Ono. I would say proper. Um, so apparently, yeah. I heard a story. Apparently, Yoko Ono was trying to get John Lennon to stay with the Beatles. What? Yeah. No, I thought, I thought the story was that she felt John Lennon was so much more talented than the other members that she pushed him to leave the band to do his own solo stuff because the band was holding him back. That is what was commercially pushed. Okay. But I heard... Riley was there. I heard from people close to the band. You heard from George Martin himself. I heard from George Martin himself. I don't George know Michael? I don't know who I don't know who it was, but it was someone close with the band that they were it, it wasn't Yoko that pushed John away from the Beatles. It was just a natural drifting apart. They all felt like they should go their separate ways. My understanding of the story that was told was that the way that they conducted writing, practicing, and recording was unsustainable. Yeah. That they were basically would lock themselves in rooms and they would write and write and write. Yeah. They would pre- present their music to the rest of the band and they would just pick what's going to make the album, what's not going to make the album. I mean, they, I mean, the, the three Beatles were definitely very talented, right? George, yeah. John, and Paul. 
Very talented. Very great <laughs> songwriter. Ringo contributed two songs, I think. Uh, I think he the boy Ringo. They, um, they were all very talented people. And, I mean, especially John and Paul were never going to last together for a, a, a long period of time just because of the fact that they, at any moment, could go solo and still write their bangers. Yeah. I okay. think for me, I think George Harrison doesn't get enough credit. No, he doesn't. Um, and I was explaining to someone recently about because of the way the Beatles struck the way their band is structured, they would present all their songs. And apparently the story goes that John got mad at George because he wasn't contributing enough. But George was writing tons of songs, but they George, just weren't taking them. They just weren't taking them. Mm. So George Harrison has contributed to like, I think like 20% of all Beatles songs. It's a good chunk for them being only four people, and technically one of them was contributing zero songs. Yeah. So 20% two. is pretty fucking good. <laughs> two songs. Yeah, he contributed like two songs. Get it fucking right. <laughs> okay. But oh. Paul and, and, and John split, you know, the other fucking 80%. I will say, you could probably argue that Ringo Starr is probably the most underrated drummer of all time because of how much hate he gets for being so overrated. He was a great drummer. I can respect that. He gets, I, he gets too much, I think, undeserved hate. Okay. The I reason, throw out a lot of hate at him. Well, especially the with that first why, comment. Yeah. The reason Ringo. why I talk shit about fucking Ringo is because Paul is the one who said, they asked him there in an interview, they said, Paul, do you think Ringo is the best drummer in the world? It was when the Beatles were at the height of it, height of their success. And he was like, I was like, oh, Ringo, he's not even the best drummer in the band. Yeah. Like, best drummer in the world? Nah. <laughs> he was he was a great drummer. And I actually, uh, there's a documentary about drummers and shit on Netflix. Very, I forgot what it's called, but it's very good. And people were talking about how great, like, how great and influential Ringo Starr was. Uh, he oh, brought yeah. in a new era of drummers. He did do some patterns that were not seen before. Yeah. And, but it gets overlooked because most people think of the Beatles in terms of writing, in terms of like the melodies and the actual lyrics. Yeah. yeah. No one ever thinks about the drums. So I do agree with you there. He had ideas that most people don't ever, they, it goes right over them. Yeah. They don't pay enough attention to it. Okay. Um, one last thing before we end this off or whatever. Okay. Can we just look up the top? whatever uh, new generation artists and then we'll just look at the top five and just do a quick we'll do, 10. We'll do top 10 because uh, I just want to see like where we're at with like how we feel about are we like, talking like like current yeah current top top 10 current artists yeah like new gen type stuff top um, Paul McCartney Elton John uh, <laughs> what's his name Jesse McCartney <laughs> uh, he's out there do you know who would have been there if you didn't want to, what's it called, breed? Or, or not breed. What's it called? He didn't want to breed. <laughs> no, no. Um, he, what's the word called? Where, like, you um, you specifically, like, pick somebody and then, like, basically raise them to become your wife eventually. Uh, I think that's called sex trafficking. Okay, never mind then. Uh, let's see here. I want to find well, Drake a website Bell. I can trust. <laughs> oh, here. yeah. Drake Bell. He was great. He was great uh, before that. That's, uh, uh, whatchamacallit. Grooming. Grooming, thank you. All right, we're just going to have to go to Ranker again. We're going to take most some popular. time to realize. Do we, are we going to trust a, a forum? I don't even know which one of these. Hmm. Okay, let's just shit on somebody's list. Fine, let's go. It's the greatest artist of the 21st century. This is at the, uh, this is a forum. So we got a couple a couple names in here. I want to just throw out names and hear y'all's thoughts on okay. of the twenty first century. Do you consider these artists in your greatest? 
Uh, Lady Gaga. No. Um, no. She's great, but she's not top five. Okay. No, yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, Taylor Swift. No. I think after she went country, she turned shit. So. You mean after she went pop? After she, yeah, turned away from country. Sorry, okay. yeah. Turned her back on country. Fuck you, Taylor Swift. Uh, Beyonce. Yes. For sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, Grace. Yeah. Uh, Kendrick Lamar. Not yet. Soon. Ooh, how much more does he have to do for you? No, actually, no. I would agree. Uh, he's, I, I don't, don't know if I would say top five, but he's definitely top 10, 20, but like, like, like 21st lower century. End of the, so if you had to pick the best rapper of the 21st century, who would you pick? Then? Either uh, Jay-Z Eminem. or Eminem. Jay-Z was technically in the 90s. Oh, that's true. But the thing is, like, Eminem was mostly 2000s. So yeah. Him. Okay, fine. Ah! Especially if we're talking... If we're talking... Influential-wise, Eminem. Influence, commercially successful, then I think just flat-out good Eminem. I, I think you. I think I would put Kanye over Eminem. Sales-wise, def- no one beats Eminem. That is a fact. Eminem is the best-selling that, rapper that is, that is in the 21st century. Kanye is actually good, of all time, but but I think I'm just a little biased with his last album. That's fine. I think where he's going is a completely different direction. Yeah, but I think the majority of his work is everything from. Um, but even but I there's think so many like, but if, there's so many artists within the 21st century. If we're talking but, just prime rap. of their career, I think Eminem was a better rapper than Kanye. I okay, he's a better rapper, but I don't think he's a better writer and a better producer than Kanye. No, definitely not a better producer. I don't know about writer though. But they might be equal. Okay. Yeah. They they have different skill sets. Yes, correct. Yeah. Um. Okay, this person has some crazy names on here for greatest. Arcade Fire. Definitely not. No, they're gr- I love I, Arcade they're not, Fire. They're not even they're in my... nowhere I don't, close. I don't think I put them in my top 50 in 21st century. Yeah, I probably wouldn't either. Uh, how y'all feel about Drake? He is... Overrated. Overrated, 100%. Overrated for sure. I agree with that. He, though, like, when it comes to, like... Popularity within the 21st century, I would say he is at least top 20. He's very popular, but he doesn't deserve it. Yeah, if we're talking about popularity. He was great on Degrassi. He's he was great on Degrassi for that alone. I was mean, he in a wheelchair it. or something? Yeah, <laughs> he got shot in a school shooting. All right, I got two more for you here. What about Adele? Uh, I think she really brought back sh- that sound. If she's not in my top five, she's very close to my top five. I think okay. she's top 15. And then last one is Bruno Mars. He is top ten for sure. Don't I don't know where to place him because I would have to. Uh, I can't think off the top of my head uh, more artists right now. But he is definitely top ten somewhere there. Just because, like, uh, in my opinion, he is in a way like even though Michael Jackson was still making music within our era, he is in our way our generation's Michael Jackson of putting on a show. Mm-hmm. And then also with uh, twenty four. Uh, 24K, whatever magic, yeah. that album in a whole was one of the most popular albums out of nowhere type of deal. Mm-hmm. So, like, I would say he's at least top 10, yeah. Don't so, know where, though. I've got homework for y'all. I want you guys to do. I want y'all to come back next week and bring me what, in your opinion, no, you know, the most commercial successful or, you know, just straight opinion, your top 10 artists of the 21st century and we'll go and we'll talk about it next. No gone Flatland Cavalry. <laughs> are we going to Charlie Cross? Uh, how are you going to go p- about it? Opinionated based or like actual? Yeah. 
opinionated, I think but it, you can't be throwing out fucking like some nobody art that you really no, like. No, Noah Khan's not going to be up there. Yeah. I'm gonna, yeah, yeah. It's well-known, established, yes. popular artist that you feel personally would be a top it, ten. So like no generation, uh, no ge- uh, generations are like uh, like saying like twenty uh, first century type thing. Yeah, like twenty more, no twenty first century. Yes. Okay. So and the only issue with just doing twenty first century, we skip out on the nineties. So we do miss out on certain rappers. That's what I'm saying. And certain groups that. So do you want to do nineties? Let's just do. 90s can we just do all around current? our top ten? Two lists, yes, I think, actually. I think we could do, put together two lists, right? Your greatest all-time and your greatest... Modern. 20, we'll just do century. modern. Well, let's just yeah. say modern. Modern's a good way of saying it. Okay. Yeah, because like Nirvana or a Green Day could potentially make someone's list. Yes. Yeah. Um, or Jay-Z. Okay. Um, okay, so we'll have a modern list and we'll have an all-times list, which, which so, could include things like Beatles and CCR. Yeah, so and these top ten actually have to have the ranking within them, not just like putting a list together and... You are... I want you to put the list together as if you were writing an opinion piece for like the Rolling Stones for a music article. So you can't come with your BS like, yeah, I think fucking Saweetie's the fucking greatest <laughs> rapper to ever be. And I'm like, look, I'm sure she's very talented, but like you've lost all your credibility as a writer because you've put them on your... Yeah. Okay. okay. I can agree with that. So okay. there has to be some basis to it. Okay. But you can't just go straight off of numbers. Why? Okay. Like, You're about to get a novel from me. So. All right. Then we'll be ready for fucking next week. Then. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Any final thoughts before we wrap this up here? Uh, listen to Polyphia. Um, Tim Henson, very talented. The whole group is talented. Listen to them. We will add them to the place. Riley, you have anything to wrap it up with? Uh, no, I don't. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here at Riffs on Tap. This has been episode number uh 53 almost forgot it for a second but thank you so much for making it this far if you liked what you heard and would like to listen to some of our previous episodes you can head over to riffsontap.com where we'll have links to the previous episodes on apple Podcasts as well as spotify Podcasts. and if you like some of the bands that we talked about and would like to listen to them you can follow you can go to riffsontap.com as well and find the links for where we have playlists for all the music that we're listening to bands we've talked about and the such you can kind of follow along and you know kind of see what we're talking about um but that's going to do it for us we thank you guys so much for listening and we will see y'all next week bye bye